Hi there, Scott Rockfile, back with another podcast review. I did it. I jumped ahead. I watched Tim Burton's 2001 Planet of the Apes, and we're going to talk about it. Let me start off by saying I probably owe Tim Burton a bit of an apology. I walked out of this movie kind of laughing at it. I really did not enjoy it 22 years ago when I saw it in the theater. So I pulled it out the other night. Sorry, there's been a lapse in podcast. I picked up a little bit of a summer cold, nothing bad, but I've had congestion, which I st- you could probably still hear a little bit. I didn't want to record podcast forevermore that would have me with a stopped up nose, which I still have a little bit of one, but there you go. Anyway, for those that haven't watched it, um, they tried to get a Planet of the Apes reboot off the ground for years. James Cameron was attached to it. All sorts of big directors were attached to it. Big writers, big stars eventually it landed in Tim Burton's lap and they got Mark Wahlberg to star in it. At the time, Mark Wahlberg was an up-and-coming star and it made sense. He kind of fit the role. And I came back to it for the first time and probably since I saw it in the theater on DVD, I don't own a Blu-ray copy of it until I bought this Planet of the Apes set um, during Amazon days, Prime days or whatever. And um, I'm kind of going through it slowly. And I really was planning to watch the older movies before I watched this, but I know the older movies very well, and I really didn't remember much of this. So what I remembered of it was kind of not, you know, like what I said about the third Planet of the Apes of the new trilogy. I had thought it was all about Woody Harrelson, and he's really not in the movie that much. Well, I thought this was all about Mark Wahlberg, but really, this is Tim Roth's movie, and he was freaking amazing. So... Some of the good things about the movie. They went with practical makeup. There was a rumor that Fox was going to do CG, which they eventually did, and it turned out great. But in 2001, it would have been awful. Um, So they went with prosthetic makeup, and the makeup is as good as the Academy Award-winning makeup from the original movies. They look fantastic. I think all the actors, there's a whole bunch of stars in this movie. Mark Wahlberg, Tim Roth, Helena Bonham Carter, Michael Clark. Duncan, Chris Christopherson, Estella Warren, Paul Giamatti, and the list goes on and on and on. I think everybody was good in the movie. I think the costumes were great. I think most of the story was great. I was fine. I despised the ending at the time, and now that I know a little bit more about it, all right, the ending's okay, but we needed a little more connective tissue to make that happen in our heads because at the end of the movie it's just kind of abrupt and I'll get to that there will be spoilers at the end of this but I'll wait till the end to discuss the end of the movie if you've never seen it so this is a reboot of the whole Planet of the Apes original movie it's kind of based on the original movie it's kind of based on the original books as we discussed in another Planet of the Apes review the original books had the apes as modern full of technology driving cars smoking cigarettes living life like we do now They opted not to do that for budgetary reasons and other reasons, and it turned out perfectly for those original movies. So they kept that aesthetic for this movie. So it's not totally based on the book. And you still have the same story of an astronaut crashing and finding himself in the Planet of the Apes. The difference is this is an alien planet, that he went through a wormhole into the other side of the universe, and it's not Earth. So that's the twist at the end. Not giving anything away, it's just they don't do the same twist, right? So the acting, the script isn't bad. Um, It could probably have been trimmed a little bit, but overall watching the movie, I'm going, it's not as bad as I remember. But there's some things that stick out that just keep it from greatness, that keep it from, well, even being really good. 
like I said, the performances, I fault nobody in the movie. It, it's good. It's it, it, Everybody plays their roles um, under that makeup, and it can't be easy. All right, the problems I have with the movie, the biggest one is making the apes super-powered. They're almost like superheroes in the film. They throw people literally up half a block away. You know, they they jump and fly through the air. Now, although on one aspect that's a little bit more realistic than the human-like apes we had in the original movies, but it's still a bit much for apes of that size. They're going to be pretty heavy and flying through the air like they were. I don't know. It just... It takes you out of it a little bit when they can do some superheroic things. Yes, they're supposed to be stronger than humans. They should be stronger than humans, but they're almost flying around in some of it. And I don't know. Tim Roth on wires is interesting, <laughs> but the rumor is he rewrote a lot of the lines to make the character more menacing. He was fantastic. I thought he made the movie. He's very, it disappears into the role. I had just watched Reservoir Dogs and thought he disappeared in that completely different role. Wow. A little bit later in his career too. What else doesn't work? The ending doesn't work. We'll get to that in a minute. Mark Wahlberg's fine. The story's fine. The other thing that really doesn't work, and this never works for me, movies that look like they're filmed on a soundstage. Even Ridley Scott's legend looks like it was filmed on a stage. Looks like a stage play almost outside. Movies, I can't think of one epic movie that filmed most of its scenes on a soundstage. There's some, and these days a lot more with all the CG and the green screen and all they can do, especially with the TV shows. But so much of this movie was filmed in a studio, and it looks fantastic. It really does. They, they went, there's just not the same light in an in-studio shot. It's not in 2001. These days, they're doing it on the Star Wars TV shows and stuff like that. But you can tell. And then when they go outside, there's a jarring difference. And there's quite a bit of it filmed outside, but it's very different from most of the jungle scenes, the city scenes, and all that stuff is indoors. And you can tell. That just takes me out of the epicness of it. I, what I liked about the new trilogy of Planet of the Apes movies is that it was all filmed on location outside for the most part. The third movie has a lot of stuff in that base, and a lot of that base was probably built on a soundstage. But there's a lot of outdoor scenes in all of those movies, and it makes it feel like it's real. This felt like it was a film shot on a soundstage, like a lot of those movies that are done that way do. That took me out of it. But when it goes outside, it looks great. And the soundstage stuff did look great. They just, the light's not good enough. It doesn't look like real sunlight. It's just kind of dim, and it just doesn't look like they're outside. It looks like an indoor set. All in all, the movie was not a waste of time to watch. I think the ending kind of sabotages it because they don't set it up well. And I think there's just a handful of things that kind of take you out of it. But overall, it wasn't a horrible movie. It sits at like 44% on Rotten Tomatoes. It made three and a half times its budget. It was a $100 million movie that made 360 something million. But although it made money and Fox said they would make a sequel to it, the critical response and the public response was pretty bad, even though it made money. And so they decided not to make any more until 10 years later, they rebooted it with a new trilogy. That's awesome. And we're getting a fourth one next year. So now we'll get to the, the spoilers. If you haven't seen it, stream it, see what you think. If you're a Tim Burton fan, you probably should see it because it's different than a lot of Tim Burton movies. But we'll get into the spoilers of the ending in three, two, one. So at the very end of the movie, they wanted to have a twist, something big. 
and Mark Wahlberg gets the... At the beginning of the movie, they send out a chimp to do an expedition and he gets lost. That's the whole impetus of the movie is that Mark Wahlberg goes after him, gets stuck in the wormhole and winds up on this other... Well, at the end of the movie, the chimp arrives. I guess that's to let us know that when you go through a wormhole, two pe- two things entering a wormhole at the same time are not going to come out at the same time. I think that's what they were trying to allude to, having that happen at the very end. Also, that you didn't remember about him, and he comes out of the sky, and you don't know what it is at first. All that worked pretty well towards the ending. So Mark Wahlberg, after he gets out, leaves him here, take care of him. He gets in the ship, and he's going to go back to Earth, back through the wormhole. And when he goes back through the wormhole, he crash lands in Washington, D.C., and he gets out, and the Lincoln Memorial is uh, Tib Roth's character, Sade, Thade. Um, and for a second, you're like, how did that even happen? Like, he wasn't on Earth to begin with. So what Tim Roth said in an interview a few years later, first of all, that he wouldn't have ever starred in the movie if he knew Charlton Heston because he's not an NRA fan. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Yeah, Charlton Heston, by the way, has a cameo since we're in spoiler territory. If you didn't know, it's not in the credits, but it, it even shocked me because I forgot about it. He plays the bad guy's father and he plays an ape. And of course they have to get your filthy hands off me, you damn dirty human line in there and a few other things. I think they did the fan service in the modern trilogy so much better than they did in the Tim Burton. But again, this is 22 years ago. Movies were a little bit different then. So what Tim Roth has said in some interviews is that they'd, also went back through the wormhole. And he wound up farther into the past than Mark Wahlberg did. He got back and he created the Planet of the Apes. Now, I don't know. There's a lot to unpack there. If he got back even decades or hundreds of years earlier, how did he propagate, you know, talking apes? Did he start with one female and... I don't know. There's a lot of questions. The twist never worked for me, and that's the biggest problem with the movie. A movie like this needs an ending. In the second Planet of the Apes, they blew up the Earth. You know, in the first one, we found out it was Earth. In the third one, you know, there's been good twists in most of the movies. But this, this was like, they didn't give us enough connective tissue to make it make sense. Anyway. It's really not as bad as I thought. It is not one of the worst films ever made. It's just not a great movie. It's a misfire. But a lot of hard work went into it. The makeup, the special effects, the sound. It's worth watching if you're a movie fan to see all of that. But I would stick to the modern trilogy and the very first Planet of the Apes movies as the perfect quintessential Planet of the Apes movies to watch. Scott, I'm Rockfile. Thanks for listening to this podcast. We've got more on the way. Please subscribe and share. Have a spectacular day.